Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? I know one fact in the NFL this year, and I was watching this game last night. There's highlights on a TV right now, Rams and the Cardinals. It feels like I know one thing about the NFL this year. Everybody can beat everybody. There's no unbeatable team. If you're a Titans fan, you already knew this because your team has lost to the Jets and the Texans. But anybody can lose. Anybody can have a bad night. I know Tom Brady is throwing for, you know, 800 yards a game and doing things that nobody his age has ever, I mean, even close to his age has ever done in the NFL. But their defense is not as good as last year. Hasn't played as good as well. Sorry if my English teacher is listening. It just seems like anybody can beat yeah, anybody okay. this year. Yeah, I mean, I only talk on the radio for a living. Who cares about grammar? <laughs> yeah, it, does, it does seem like this, though, Blaine. Anybody can lose this year. Anybody is beatable. If you can just get into the playoffs, and the Titans have this weird thing of, I know they lost a couple games in a row, but they won. They, they're going to put Zach Cunningham in, and they'll hopefully get A.J. back. And Julio just came back, and he's working his way back. And then Zach Cunningham gets added into the mix. And whoa, 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 whoa. Dupree. Everybody's making this assumption that Zach Cunningham's just going to come in and start. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think start, way. but I say just add to the so, – So where, where, does it, where does he go? I mean, well, if I he does start, he, he's a backup and a special team player? I'd be a heck of a backup and special teams player. Right, right, right. I, I mean, we just got to pump the brake. There's, there's a transition period here that has to happen. And, and guys can't just come into the lineup and just automatically start, especially if the starters are available. Now, if some guys get hurt, it's totally different. I just, I, just, I think this play was more for next year, not this year, and it could be sooner than later if someone's not playing well or injured. Sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that maturation process, or do they put a package in where he comes in on certain Calls extra and, backer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they make up. You know, you could always do that to say, "Hey, we're implementing. We're getting to see him in some games. Get his feet wet. Uh, you know, see where it goes." But uh, a lot of players on the list to get back. But it, it doesn't matter at this time. You know, I'm more worried about COVID uh, hitting teams, and then as we go along, and then that affecting the actual game and then the outcome, especially if it becomes a quarterback or a major player on any side of the ball for the Titans. I'm more so looking at that. I think the Titans have proven that they can find a way to manage through injuries mm-hmm. and, and move forward and win a game or two to continue on the uh, you know drive to the playoffs. But now you're trying to rev up and get some momentum and get the guys back healthy. Uh, and then if, if you know COVID hits to a certain extent, hopefully it won't be some major players. Uh, you know, It was kind of interesting just seeing how the Rams overcame all of that and still played really well. Sure did. Uh, last night. So that that was uh, kind of interesting to watch because, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. Coming in January, that could just happen. Boom. Imagine if that's your quarterback. Logan Woodside to the rescue. Yeah, I don't think nobody wants to see that. You just chill down some people's spine out mm-hmm. there. What if Logan Woodside just came and played just lights out? Oh, what well, if the- I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would say I don't know if he can maintain <laughs> that. Anybody can get hot, you know. It's like shooting, you know, being a basketball shooter. You can get hot one night, but can you do it night in, night out? If not, you would be the next Steph Curry, right? <laughs> On his uh, run to uh, the record with two more threes to be made to run away with the record with more years to go. His comeback this year, I know we don't talk a lot of NBA. It, it, it's just been unbelievable. He just – I've never – there's never been anybody like him. There's just never been a person like him. He's just because he's not big. He's not the the fastest guy. He's not the most. Exp- I, I don't. He's the best shooter that the NBA's ever seen, and the NBA's seen some pretty darn good shooters. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny when when you and I were younger and we were watching NBA. You know, if somebody took like five three pointers a game, it'd be like, oh, that guy shoots a lot, high volume. Yeah. 
the in, the game now is threes. It is threes. Even seven footers shoot threes. You know, yeah. the stretch guys go out. The game has changed so much differently. It's funny. In the NFL, we look at like how many yards people gain and how many touchdowns they score and things like that. Even though the number of games goes up, and in baseball, the number of games hasn't changed in you know fifty plus years, whatever it was. Um, but people still get hung up on the numbers. In the NBA, it's not like that. The game's changed so much, and with the addition of the three-pointer, and now everybody shoots threes, though their records kind of get looked at differently, it feels like. Yeah. It, it's not as safe. I, I, remember, I don't even remember the year that they had three-pointers. So, I mean, you you wonder. 80s, yes. Right, you know, maybe some players might have been uh, some record holders during that period of time, too, as well. So, you know, every game has kind of evolved, and uh, now we've gotten to the point where, you know, all these guys are and dynamic players in any form of whatever sport it is, uh, which is kind of amazing, the athleticism and the shot-making and the hitting the ball over the fence how far and everything else has just kind of changed with analytics and, and all those factoring in uh, in each sport. Just kind of different now in how they view it. You know, you, you're talking about three-pointers. Well, now they say, hey, man, you might as well shoot a three-pointer. It's weird to me. I remember I had to get used to it. You're running a three-on-two break, and the guys on the wing are running out to shoot threes instead of going to the rack for a layup. Yep. I mean, that that's just odd to me. I mean, I, it's still part of me, well, man, he got used to it. But if you hit those threes, then that counts more than two. I believe everybody knows that. So, yeah, man, and these guys are, you know, shooting their way in. And, you know, you know, Curry is kind of that transcendent guy because now everybody believes they have a shot. If they become a great shooter, mm-hmm. have a shot of playing in the NBA or some, you know, pro pro basketball league and uh man i mean and we we're talking about him like he's not that big the guy's like six two six sure two, so sure i mean so we got to give him he's still a pretty decent size like for regular just, people right pretty but, big but guy for the nba he's not a guy that uh you would uh you feel like he's imposing and you know dynamic with his athleticism he beats you with his skill and his shooting 79 i remember mark jackson said even before steve kerr got there that clay thompson and and Steph Curry were going to be the best two shooting guards ever live. And everybody laughed. <laughs> and and I, I was sitting there right there with everybody. Like, what? Really? I mean, they're good. Remember but Curry that, coming what? out of college, though. There were all kinds of, from Davidson. Could yeah. he hold up? Remember, uh, that was. Well, he had that run on in the, in the tournament. was like, uh-oh, this guy's different. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But that was all out there for the question and doubt. Imagine if he was at a big school, he probably wouldn't have got to play as much. He would have been a probably a guy coming off the bench. Yep. Because he was definitely a pure scorer. So, you know, just because of his size. That's the right guy at the right place at the right time. Everything the came together. Time. Then he gets drafted, and then he just keeps getting better. Yeah, people are saying uh, 1979. 79 uh, was on the I couldn't remember if it was 79 or 80. You close there, Mickey. Yeah. Uh, 79. I wasn't going to question you. I knew you'd be close. You know the history. <sighs> I, can use, I can usually hold it together on some history stuff. But, uh, yeah, Clark in the Zone TV chat says, three-point shot entered the NBA in 1979. Bird and Magical Rookies, the Supersonics, had just won the title, which they yeah. did. Dennis Johnson and Gus Williams and Jack Sigma. Yeah, Larry Bird was my dude. One of my though. favorite teams. Yeah, I love that Sonics team. Downtown Fred Brown. Downtown Fred Brown used to shoot threes. Well, I don't remember back in those days. All I can remember is uh, Sigma, Jack, Jack Sigma, Sigma. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Dennis uh, Dennis uh, Scott, who was with eventually with the Celtics. Dennis right? Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Dennis. Who the Johnson. Celtics basically Dennis got Scott, to guard Magic State. Johnson yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I was all – in those days, I was all in on me some NBA. Uh, I can tell you that all – That goes on want to know what happened in 1979, I got you. I remember Sean Kemp was super signing. Well, that's about 10 years later. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I, came, I didn't watch too much super signing. He was 
like a cheat code. If he, if you don't if you don't know Sean Kemp, he kind of became a punchline, had a bunch of kids, you know, whatever happened the rest of his life. There was seven eight year period. This guy was seven feet tall and could run like a gazelle. Oh, he's from Indiana. He's Mr. Basketball. Okay, he and he's Gary Payton. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah, Gary Payton the glove. These dudes, I, I have goosebumps. Oh, and the X Men, Xavier McDaniel. Oh my gosh, they had muscle. Him. They had yeah, X Men. Yeah, yeah. Who was the muscle? That Gary Payton the glove. They called him because that's how he played defense. And then you had the most freakish. Yeah, he was. Did they call him a center? Was I mean? I don't know what they called him. I I don't know I what he was. He was a power forward, but man, he he was a super athletic dude, man. The Ray man, man. He he was a wow. And boy, when he fell off, it was gone. <laughs> it was over. It was like an old dog. Like people say, it you was, got an old dog. And you're like, my dog's doing great. They're like, when it when it goes, it all goes fast. Like an old dog. That's what happened to Sean Kemp. He went from, like, a poster on everybody's wall to, like, what happened to that guy? Yeah, he did. But I'm telling you, you got YouTube. I know all of you. Just go onto YouTube, look up Sean Kemp, and just be prepared to be absolutely devastated by what this human could do. The way he could run and dunk and block shots. And, boy, those games come on, like, 10 o'clock at night on TNT. Like we would sit in the dorm and watch, and watch, you would watch. Yeah, those I was games. I was just watching. I just watched a little bit about ten minutes of Denver Nuggets versus the Detroit Pistons in nineteen eighty three. I just wanted to see what it looked like. They were just kind of walking the Little ball shorts up. and yeah, the tight shorts. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas <laughs> in the microwave were out there, and uh, I think Dan Ensel was out there. For he the was Nuggets. still playing for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah it, it was great. And Alex English. Alex, oh man, his, his, they could stop him. It was hilarious. Oh, think of like your shop teacher. If, in, in, I said, I feel like Mickey. I got to turn Seattle. Even into the 80s, there were guys who looked like a high school shop teacher that were playing in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, it just looks so different now. And those guys are so athletic now. Yeah, it's exactly. such a different game. Yeah. And in those, ga- in those days, you could just you yeah, could just yeah, be the- – Now, Dan Issel was a great player, big Kentucky guy, uh, played for the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA, Kelly Trapuca. He was out there. That was – he was had a permed mullet, yeah. mustache. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, man. <laughs> It was, it was, and and they'd score 120, 130 points. Yeah, it was hilarious. You know that was in those days too. They, 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 they no one was concerned with defense. Well, in those about, days. about as many points as the Titans should have scored versus the versus the Jaguars. Instead of twenty, should have been more than that. But I'm still happy about the win, though. Hey, shut up. Most important stat: touch zero turnovers. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Kevin in Nashville wants to weigh in on Sean Kemp. I can't wait oh, to hear Sean this. Kemp. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, how you doing? Good, great. Uh, talking back back to Sean Kemp. I was a year ahead of him. I went to Marion High School, and he was with the Concord, yep. it was amazing back in high school, the people that would come and watch him. Mm-hmm. At lunchtime, he wouldn't go to lunch. He would be on the free throw line because he couldn't shoot free throws. Yep. And you had to scout tickets for high school games back in the 80s because it was always a sellout. Yep. And I'll never forget going to his high school to get tickets for the uh, semi-state. And he was a well-known uh, player at that time, so we wanted to get his autograph. And what's a shame is somebody that talented, he couldn't even write his name. Yeah. And that was, you know, a few years ago, but everybody I talked about, but like they said, go on YouTube and watch The Rain Man. Yeah, he does some things man. that people just don't do. Yeah. Hey, thanks for your call. Let me call in. Y'all are doing a great job. I love your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we, we didn't have an NBA talk on the telephone. Yeah, yeah they just, everything is always just random, but, but planned at the same time. <laughs> Mickey strength here at NBA right here. Yeah, right, you know, <laughs> nobody's Mr. watching the NBA really. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of NBA, you know, everybody's talking about you know LeBron James. Bronny, you gonna 
possibly going to Tennessee. I was like, whoa. That was interesting. Huh. Dang. Wow. Four-star, 38th-ranked prospect in the class of 2023. Overall? Ronnie James, 38th. 38th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Barnes is a point guard uh, kind of guru. You want to give it that? Yeah, I heard some like had a few calls about that earlier. People were uh, fired up to talk about that, Ronnie James to yeah. Tennessee or not. It just doesn't seem like a good mix, huh? It just seems out of left field. Yeah, Because he's a West Coast guy. Yeah. So you'd think, gosh, you got UCLA? Well, I mean, right there. Well, he lives on the West Coast. Right. He's, he's, not, he's from Ohio. Right, right. <laughs> right. The kid. But no, he lives he, there. Yeah, the but kid. He, well, the kid moved there just a couple years when ago. When LeBron moved there, yeah. yes, to play for the <laughs> so Lakers. He, he's kind of diverse. He's, you know, well-wounded. But I don't uh, – that was, that was, I wonder if the relationship there with, with – Rick Barnes and uh, Brian Brown. Rick Barnes seems like he, everybody would like him, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how far they go back or what the relationship is, but I'm, I wonder if he recruited LeBron. I mean, you got Kevin Ooh. Durant. Surely he did. I mean, surely their relationship goes back to them. Well, I mean, granted, you know, he went to the NBA, you know, but still, never know. He might have had a good relationship with him. Don't know. All right, phone lines are ringing. Mike Wilson is going to join us at 140. So we can – people are – Nick from Bowling Green, some people are calling in. Hold, we'll we'll get to you next. We can continue to talk about this or Bronny or whatever you guys want to talk yeah, about. Bron. Bron, Bron. We'll talk some, uh, some <laughs> Vols news and all that with Mike Wilson at about 140. But we do have some time to take phone calls next. Coach Mack in hour two. It's, uh, it's a Tuesday edition of Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. See, so somehow we've gotten down this Sean Kemp uh, rabbit hole here. Um, I, I don't know. Man. Well, we were talking about three-pointers, three-points in the NBA. Then the, then the Supersonics came up. Somebody brought up the 70s Supersonics. You said, I remember Sean Kemp. Yes. Oh, Jack Sigmund was a bad man, but he looked like a high school shop teacher. He also had a permed mullet. What was it with people and bad decisions with him? Now he came. He came along later. He was part of those great Supersonics teams. My first memories of NBA basketball are of nineteen seventy-seven. That... Okay. My... I got gotcha. you. Well, that Bill Walton played for the Trail Blazers. They won the championship in seventy-seven. My dad was a huge basketball fan, God rest his soul. He always said if Bill Walton had stayed healthy, he would be the guy that everybody talked about. But he had to have bones fused in his feet and everything else. Yep. And we talked about him, but this generation has forgotten completely about him. Kareem seemed to have that in the 70s. For all the people who are like, you know, I remember when the Bucks won the championship, we're talking about, well, that's because Kareem, the last one they had won was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson. I mean, people know him as the Laker, but he won a championship with the Bucks, Kareem. But, yeah, people, you know, Kareem wasn't splashy. They like three-pointers and all that. Kareem shot that skyhook, though. Couldn't be blocked. Un- completely unstoppable. Here's a seven-foot guy with a shot. That was completely unstoppable. 
know, people people want to talk about this. We got two calls from Bowling Green, Kentucky, about Sean Kemp. We've got Nick and Dan. Let's let's get let's get Nick in first. Nick, hey, first of all, how in the world are you doing up there? Hopefully, you and all your people are okay. Oh yeah, it, it, it's uh, really the city of Bowling Green uh, around Bowling Green looks like a war zone. It it's just devastating, really. And uh, you know, the hats off to all the. Uh, uh, the emergency workers and everyone is just really stepping up and helping their brother. It's just really, really good to see, you know, people coming together. It really is. Um, but getting back to Sean Kemp, do you, uh, maybe I know I'm a longtime listener and I know you're really into history, but do you know what college that Sean Kemp played for? Well, we talked about this in the break. So <laughs> blank Lu- Lucas and from Indiana I, and then we found out that he went to Kentucky. Yes. I didn't know he went there. I said, "Oh well, he was a he was a traitor then to Indiana people because the Indiana Kentucky rivalry was huge then. That's when they used to have the the Indiana All Stars versus high school All Stars versus the Kentucky All Stars uh, in high school. So it was it was a big deal back then. Uh, we're talking about what was that in the nineties or so? It was still going on. You uh, also brought up. I don't mean to interrupt, but. Uh, some of the greatest players, everybody talks about Michael, but I, I actually got to see Elgin Baylor play. And oh, oh, wow. uh, Elgin was doing things that Pete Maravich and, and uh, Michael did, and this is back in the 60s and early 70s. He was phenomenal. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think there's a whole generation of people that know him as like the guy at the draft lottery every year for the Clippers and have no <laughs> idea what a fantastic right. basketball player Elgin Baylor was. Yeah. Well, he was a better basketball player than he was a drafter, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, talent to go that his far. But, but he was going to tell us terrible. about Kemp, right? Yeah. Well, uh, did you have some? Did you have a, a Kemp thing for us, Nick? Yeah, he actually got called for stealing a necklace in the in the dressing room at UK. I can't really remember what uh, player he got caught stealing, his but wow. he only stayed at UK for like one or two years, and he was going to be on his way out. You know, for stealing anyway, he had like a Mr. T starter set, you know, that he wore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they was going to kick him off the team if he hadn't left. Man, well, but, I appreciate the but call, But did he Nick. ever play a game? I don't no. remember him playing a game for Kentucky. Uh, Nick, I, he never played for Kentucky. And, and we looked this up in the break. Um, he wound up because Blaine said, I think he went to a community college. He did. He left Kentucky, went to Trinity Valley, Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. He he went there for a semester, never played, and then went to the NBA. Yeah, I was just I never remember him playing college ball. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, he you know, he wasn't smarter than, you know, that rock sitting over there <laughs> over there on the ground, unfortunately, man. And that kind of carried him throughout hey, the rest of his career. Everybody but, gets but gifts. as far yes. his gift was his athleticism right. was off the charts. Right. That, that's it. It's so, not uh, right there. Other people got more, say, book related things. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he 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 was such a freakish well, athlete. He had, you know, magnets on his hand. For for all the jury that he was not okay, just kidding. okay all right uh, we have another nah, man I mean good another, Lord, man. another call from I'm Bowling Green I keep on man. the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline <laughs> this time it's it's Dan maybe this is Dan Issel what's going on Dan, Dan Issel yeah hey Dan or uh, hey guys how you guys doing <laughs> what's going uh, on great hey Dan you said my name three times you got caught up yeah That's all right what you got but, what, yeah uh, I played high school ball with Sean Kemp did you Ooh. whoa Really? At Concord? Yep, I went to Concord. Wow. Yep, I sure what was did. that? I what was that like? With him. 
he he was unbelievable talent. I yes. remember uh, Coach Han was there at the time, and uh, he was talking about this kid in junior high, and you know six eight, you know in eighth grade, and they thought about bringing him up to the varsity team, and they said no, he's too young, and I mean he was scoring like forty points a game in junior high <laughs> and once he got to this freshman year our coach still did not want to bring him up and we were like one and four and finally the coach said yeah we're going to bring sean up um and the kid was we had to go to collapsible rims after the second game uh at the time back in you know the wow mid to late 80s we didn't have collapsible rims or at least not every school did but sean brought us the collapsible rim to our school uh we ended up taking um probably 50 percent of our home games got transferred to uh, a bigger gymnasium that held 8,000 for just a regular season game um it was uh Unbelievable. There was a story I, I usually tell about Sean. Our coach at the end of practice say, okay, let's get on the line. We're going to do some suicides. Then he brought, brought out the rolling ladder. He said, if Sean can knock this quarter off the top of the backboard, we don't have to do suicides today. So he gets the rolling ladder, puts a quarter up just about halfway where it's hanging. And Sean took two steps and knocked that thing off the back." Off the top Ooh. of the back. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Man. I tell you, this guy was an unbelievable athlete, man. He was. That was. And he's made a lot of mistakes in his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done a lot of dumb things. I still in contact with him, but he's done a lot for the community of uh, Elkhart, from where we were from, uh-huh. and That's also Indiana. for the community of Seattle. He still lives out in Seattle. Uh, he's well known out there of course, and he's an advocate of bringing uh, the NBA back to Seattle. Um, but, you know, all in all, he's a real good guy. Um, you know, he's just made some dumb mistakes, and uh, but life goes on. You well, you, but, you, uh, you, Dan, you tell that big rascal he's got some fans here on the radio, and if he ever comes around, we'd love to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fans. sure enough, sure enough. He's a great guy, and uh, – I remember the times of Bobby Knight being in the stands, mm-hmm. Eddie Sutton, where he did go to Kentucky, right. and he did get in trouble. He actually stole the necklace from Eddie Sutton's son Sean. in another locker room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of yeah. how it all went down, and he went to the community uh, college in Texas, stayed about a semester, and was told he could get drafted first round, 16th pick. And the rest is history after that. But yeah. uh Oh no! It was it was a great experience. Uh, you know, he sent my my son's a big Sean Kemp fan. He has probably more mem- memorabilia than anybody I know. Sean has been more than gracious to my son, and for a lot of people in his community. Yeah, no doubt. So, Dan, thank you, man. What, yeah. that, that's yeah, great stories. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, he kind of turned his life around. Yeah, man, but, hope, uh, hope Dan and all his folks. Great. Yeah, up man, there. but he was a phenomenal. No, I'm telling. You. I mean, I mean, we were in the at that time the Hoosier Dome. And he, was he full six ten yep. by that time? Mm-hmm. Okay, because he yeah. his his, his profile year. says he was six ten. Yeah, this was his senior year. Yeah. I mean, like Scotty Pippen grew seven inches in college. I didn't know how much. That he Sean was just Kimby so grew. stringy, like and long oh and athletic. Gosh. It was just it, it's never nothing like I haven't seen it yet. Not in high school. 
No way. He was a uh, his profile actually uh, says he was the seventeenth pick of the first round. Um, he made six NBA All Star teams. He was three time All NBA second team. Um, was a, obviously McDonald's All American in high school. Some yeah. other stuff. Man. Uh, all right, Jerry wants to talk Titans. So maybe maybe Jerry's had enough basketball talk. Jerry, what's going on? Thanks for calling uh, the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. What you got, bud? Hey, buddy, I just want to talk in general here. Uh, it's got nothing to do with, with the caller that just called in, but I want to make just some general comments here on uh, like the Titans and uh, the laws. You know, I, I think I think it's a shame as as a Tennessee fan. I am a Tennessee fan, a big Tennessee fan. And don't get me wrong, but I, I think our Tennessee fans want something instant. We we want instant winners, even if it's in pro or college or whatever. And we we need to realize that it takes uh, years to do this. Like Belichick got fired from Cleveland. I mean, you know. Yep. So where's he at now? He's a Hall of Fame coach and will be there. And Belichick is sort of like his, I say, son kind of. He was there. He hasn't got a chance. I mean. You know, and they are. I mean, really, they are. And we know we got a good team. We're we're twelve and four. We're, we're a great team. So I'm not I'm not bashing anything. But but I talk to my friends. They going, oh, we should have won this game. We should have done this game. But Belichick has a plan. The same way our new coach at Tennessee has a plan. And if we'll just are you talking about Josh Heupel or yeah, Mike Josh Heupel? Okay, all I mean, right. Josh you were Heupel. okay. I thought you were talking about the NFL because you kept talking about Belichick. Sorry well, about I was. that. Well, I was. I was talking about Josh Eichel. I was talking about Tennessee in general. Tennessee in general wants to see a winning team on the field every time they get on the field. I don't care if it's pro or college or tennis or hockey. or They, they want to see a winner, you know. But they don't understand it takes time, and it takes mm-hmm. uh, the coordinacy with uh, the coaches and players to achieve that. You're not going to get this overnight, not within a year or two. I hope we stay course like we're going now, because I think we're going to reap the benefits of winning teams in Tennessee in college and pro. Right. And, and y'all mentioned something about the LeBron thing with his son coming maybe to Tennessee or something. That, to me, would be a great thing for recruitment. And you went over that and explained all that and done been through that. But I just wanted to voice my opinion, and everyone that has anything to say about how uh, Rabel is coaching. And you notice he walked out on press conference the other day. Y'all notice that? Yeah. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, yeah he, wa- he walked out. You know what? Belichick, he- he's walked out on several. You know, it's because he's, he's sitting there answering questions that has done been answered. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. appreciate yeah. the phone call, Jerry. Um, for sure. A lot, that's a lot. There's a lot going down. I'll say this to Jerry. I don't know anybody who doesn't think Josh Heupel did a good job this year and has oh, absolutely. things on schedule and as yeah. far as the Titans. I mean, people hate to lose to the Texans and the Jets game, but yeah. uh, Titans fans are excited about where they are right now. I, I don't I don't I don't know where the road he was necessarily going down that people are being impatient. I don't I don't feel like people are being impatient. No. Oh, I don't I don't know if he was referencing you know, a conversation maybe there's a, there's before a lot we were going on air. On. Yeah, we hadn't even been talking about the Titans. Oh, we're not. We're talking hey, about Sean Kemp, Jerry. Yeah, we were talking about Sean Kemp uh, for whatever reason we got on that that hook there. But uh, a lot going on. Yeah, and three point shooting and everything else. But uh, important stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he he willed us back into to Tennessee and all Tennessee teams, and they just want winners. And yeah, we we all love winners. <laughs> but so we want to win every game. 
if they can't. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, wow. That's it. Hang in there, Jerry. Yeah. Hey, reminder, we had Al Smith, uh, Blaine's former Oiler teammate, on yesterday. Before we go to this break, Mike Wilson's going to join us next. We'll talk all uh, everything Vols. Today, big event, Nissan Stadium. You can get a COVID vaccine. You can get a flu vaccine. I guess you can get both of those things if you want. It's 3 to 6 p.m. Today. Uh, today. Uh, you can park in Lot H. Brad Hopkins is there. Neil O'Donnell, Chris Sanders, Al Smith, and yours truly, the Hitman. So people can come and meet you guys, the cheerleaders, T-Rack. Yeah, even the youngsters, stuff. too, as, as well. You know, five years and, and older. So uh, you know, those who are unfortunate and hadn't had time or you know, that's why it's 3 to 6 when people get off work so you can drop on by and, and get your shot, whether it's uh, vaccine, flu, or whatever. But, you know, so, yeah, come on by. Check us out, T-Rack and the crew and former Oilers and, uh, or Titans and uh, as well as uh, us, T-Rack and, and the cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah, the Phillies got to come see cheerleaders, right? There you go. You can take <laughs> pictures with them. You can win an autographed football from the NFL alumni, uh, the NFL alumni chapter of Tennessee, uh, helping put all this on. Very cool stuff. All right, when we come back, Mike Wilson said to join us. What's going on with the balls and recruiting and you name it, we'll get it all next on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's uh, head east to Knoxville via the phone on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline and talk to our buddy Mike Wilson at by Mike Wilson on Twitter. Mike, how in the world are you, man? What's going on with you? You got all your holiday shipping done yet? You know, uh, I bought a Christmas tree last night, so that <laughs> sums up about my pace of things. You tell me how ready I am for Christmas. I think that's that's perfect. You're right on schedule. I think you're that's you're fantastic. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, how yeah, rocking on? How big of a gift? Let's let's make this one to ten. How big of a Christmas gift for Vols fans was Hendon Hooker returning? Rate it one to ten on the Christmas good cheer schedule. Yeah, that's a that's a rock solid ten. Um, <laughs> I mean, and it's not even a bad an eye at that. Uh, I mean, Hendon Hooker was exceptional this season. Um, I mean, moving the ball down the field, running the ball, not turning the ball over, um, and that's in his first year in this system uh, under Josh Heupel and. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you saw the flashes of this offense with Hooker at quarterback, and, yeah, getting him back for another year is a big win for Tennessee. That dude's going to have Heisman odds next year. He has to in the preseason. You think? Oh, 100%. And it's not even – I don't even think that'll be a dark horse Heisman thing. I mean, he's a, he's a guy I think you're going into the season saying is probably a top-five Heisman guy just because of the numbers uh, that he can put up in Heupel's offense and the things that he did this season uh, in his first run at it. I mean, you think he didn't start the first two games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that's, that's probably another six, seven touchdowns, and you know, that puts you at about a 31 to 3 ratio or something in that range. And, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing you're going to see talked about with Hendon Hooker. All right, he's coming back right quick. Is there any news about Cedric Tillman yet, or are you hearing any rumblings one way or the other? Uh, not yet okay. um, in terms of a firm answer. Um, you know, he's a guy that certainly should do all due diligence. Uh, in, in exploring the NFL process. Um, he's got the body, the NFL skill set to be a mid-round draft pick probably whenever he departs from Tennessee. Um, I mean, and what a year he had, too, I mean, putting up 1,000 yards or so and uh, six, seven, eight touchdowns in that range. And, I mean, going from a guy who had, what, eight catches for maybe 90 yards in his career to going to just an absolute stud, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that's got to explore the process and, 
and do his diligence. Mike Wilson always does his due diligence. He joins us here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Mike, I know uh, expectations are going to be ratcheted up, but, uh, man, I'm going to just say this. Heupel seems like the type of guy to tell uh, Hendon Hooker, uh, but you still got to compete for the job. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Joe Milton is still and, on and the and roster. And if Joe Milton's still around come fall, I mean, that's certainly going to be a conversation point, I think. Because um, that does kind of seem to be Heupel's, Heupel's process. I mean, even once Hooker – Hooker clearly was the better option right, um, right. after after the pit game, which was 50-50 between the two of them because Milton left in the second quarter. But even after that and the next week, it took Heifel a minute to really say, yeah, Hendon's the guy. Uh, he, he wanted those guys to keep battling it just like they did in the preseason. So I, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah, because I was thinking about, okay, wonder if you know, Hooker gets nicked up, maybe has to miss a game, and then Joe Milton, if he's mm-hmm. there, uh, and we can talk about that, uh, and goes out and plays well. And then all of a sudden now you all of a, you, you have a kind of somewhat of a quarterback controversy that's just kind of flip roles from the previous season. And we all know uh, that could happen, especially as much as Hooker runs the football with all his spin moves that he has. That is a, that is a fact uh, on Hooker. I mean, there's definitely an, an injury risk there uh, just in, in how he runs the football. But yeah, I think when you, when you talk about Milton, if that situation unfolded, I feel like the leash for Hennon Hooker is a lot different than what Joe Milton had. Uh, just because you've got a body of work from Hennon Hooker this season that was that was tremendous, whereas Joe Milton was you know, missing throws long so regularly that I think it was pretty easy to make a change once Tennessee saw what Hooker could do and, and then kept doing. Uh, I mean, you look at that Kentucky game and what he did. Again, it just goes back to that, that first question from Mickey. I mean, it's, it's a 10 in terms of getting Hennon Hooker back. It just gives you such a piece of stability uh, in that offense. And frankly, it's another pitch on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal to say, hey, come play with Hendon Hooker. Look what he did last year. You're going to get to play with that. No doubt about it. What do you think is going to actually happen with Milton? Do you think he'll stay? I don't know the rules and when he transferred and all that, but can he transfer again or is he maybe the smarter play to stay? But I don't know how some of these young guys think. It's a great question. I don't know the firm answer to, but my understanding is he used his one-time transfer to come to Tennessee but he's also a graduate, so I don't know if he technically would have a immediate eligibility as a graduate transfer either. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not clear on that, so I can't offer an exact answer. But uh, either way, I do know he's got two years. So he could transfer, and even if he had to sit out a year, he would still have eligibility left. But maybe he could sit here, and yeah, like we said, Hendon Hooker does have an injury risk with him, and maybe that leads to you playing, or maybe you play in two years. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know exactly what he's got on the plate there. Well, sticking with, uh, you know, football and, you know, the signing day is, is up and coming, uh, I guess, what, tomorrow, right, early signing period. Mm-hmm. Do you think this date will be changed to a later date? What are your thoughts just on early signing uh, day and the, the actual date that it is? Yeah, you know, I, I like the, the process in terms of, getting kids the opportunity to sign earlier opposed to having to wait all the way till February. But certainly what we've seen is the effect on coaching, hiring, and firing. Um, And that's, that's certainly the talk around that at this point is what does that look like when you're firing a coach five games into the year, hiring a coach before they, they go through the end of their season. I mean, it's just, it's very different. Um, And it's obviously accelerated by both the recruiting cycle and the transfer portal because you want to see teams get their rosters settled earlier than they used to. 
So I think it's got to change. But I've always been in the mindset, let a kid sign the day he commits. The, the whole formality of the day is, is becoming very antiquated at this point to me. And it, it would change the cycle dramatically, obviously, to, to get kids the opportunity to sign when they commit. It makes an offer far more serious from a school's perspective. And it makes a commitment far more serious from a player's perspective. Um, but that would, that would clean that up um, in terms of that. But there's obviously a whole lot of things that have to change with that, too, is if a coach leads, da 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 All I can say is I'm glad I'm not the one who had to make those decisions. Mm. Well, did you like the uh, fake slide rule change uh, immediately uh, before, <laughs> before uh, anybody cramped? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the NCAA could move that fast on something. That was <laughs> right. new to me. Yeah, that, uh, yeah I, that rule should change. I thought that was smart, but... I mean, there, there are a lot of rules that should be changed that fast as well when you look at targeting and the way that's done and uh, the way the players are tossed after one penalty like that. But for some reason, those rules aren't reviewed very quickly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I guess on to, on to basketball a little bit. And we were talking, there's, you know, rumors out there that Bronny James potentially could uh, go to Tennessee. Uh, I don't know the relationship with Barnes and, and LeBron James and everything else. But would, do you think that's a good fit? I mean, any time you can get a player with that talent, I think you say it's a good fit. Right, that's what um, I see. I mean, that, I saw a clip from him last week hitting some NBA threes in a game against his dad's alma mater out there. I think it was at Staples Center, if I'm not mistaken on that. Uh, anytime you get a player of that caliber, it's a good thing. Now, that said, being in the media, I also recognize the circus that would lead to. Uh, yes. And that's, that's a media circus. That's a program circus. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that was something that I got sent this morning and last night by a couple of different people uh, trying to draw my attention to that. And I was like, well, okay then. Um, but from a talent perspective, no brainer. No doubt about it. We're with uh, Mike Wilson uh, with the Knoxville News Sentinel. Mike, I know you're not one of these guys that's necessarily chasing recruiting stuff all the time, but uh, I guess the, the Justin Williams, the four-star running back at Tennessee and Auburn still in it. He's a guy that Vol fans are still kind of holding their breath on. Anybody else that you can think of that, you know, people are really kind of biting their fingernails over wondering, does he or does he not uh, over over the course of the next couple of days? Yeah, you know, that wide receiver, Webb, that just committed, he was one of those guys that Tennessee fans were certainly focused on getting, a uh, four-star kid, a uh, big, big, tall receiver, and that, that they got him. Missed on a couple guys the last couple of days, landed a four-star tight end for next cycle, I believe, yep. uh, in Davis from up, up north, I think Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken on that either. Um but, yeah, the running back one's a big one. I mean, Tennessee only has one running back committed at this point, I believe. And, uh, you know, with Tyon Evans leaving, Jabari Small kind of being the guy, Jalen Wright having flashes, and Renith Whitehead having flashes, uh, I think it would be pretty, pretty significant if Tennessee was able to, to go and snag a, an immediate impact guy at running back because you saw how many guys they want to cycle through at the offensive skill position. Well, Caleb Webb, I think, is a receiver you were talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. just imagine telling that guy, hey, you can come catch passes – from a Heisman candidate uh, here, and we throw it deep. Watch the video, because, boy, do they throw it deep. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm a high school wide receiver, I can't imagine many many more exciting places to go right now. I mean, this is an offense that's showing that they'll spread the ball around to three or four guys and have legitimate possibilities of having three different 1,000-yard receivers in a season, which is pretty special. Uh, I mean, you see that at some places. I mean, Alabama will put up things like that just because of a, a talent perspective, but yeah, I mean, this is an offense that if you're a recruit, and now that you've seen what it can do at this level, uh, certainly that's got to be a, a really easy sell on the recruiting trail. 
Well, Michael, one more last question. It'll be about the basketball team. I know they were struggling there versus Texas Tech shooting three. Seems like they got that under wraps, uh, I guess, lesser competition. But, you know, to me, when I watch them, and that was just that game, it seems like they need some post play. Do you think that will continue mm. to improve as the season goes along, gets ready for the SEC? Yeah, you know, that was one of those question marks on this team going into the season was what is, what's the post play going to look like other than John Fulkerson? Um, I've been high on Olivier Kamwa since he got to campus. Um, you just see it in such limited spurts. Uh, he'll have a, just an absolute tremendous game, and then he'll play 13 minutes against Colorado and 13 minutes against Texas Tech. Uh, there's not a lot of consistency there alongside Fulkerson at this point. Um, I don't know that Uros Plavsic is ever going to be that dude, uh, more than you know, an 8- to 10-minute fill-some-time kind of guy. Uh, I think we've seen Brandon Huntley Hatfield could be that guy, uh, but has to be more consistent in his role with defense and rebounding because you see the offensive talent there. Um, but that is nearly where Tennessee's been. And, and I think now that Josiah James is back, him being able to play the four really helps them uh, in terms of spacing that out. But, yeah, that's an area where they're a little bit thin, uh, and, and they're going to remain a little bit thin um, just because it's kind of, kind of those four guys uh, they've really got there. Mike, good stuff. Thanks for jumping on with us today, buddy. Uh, Merry Christmas. Enjoy that tree that you just put up. Uh, Put a picture on social media. Let us see that rascal. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how well I get it decorated before I decide if it's ready for public consumption or not. All right, follow him on Twitter for tree pictures at by Mike Wilson. Thank you, sir. Happy holidays. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you, guys. Same to you. Yes, sir. The one and only Mike Wilson. Briefly held the mustard bottle uh, after the wild craziness uh, in Knoxville during football season. But uh, he said he, he lost contact with it. He briefly held it. That means it wasn't in his hand. So did he pick it up off the ground? I after? don't know. So was it just a mustard bottle or it? the mustard the bottle? The mustard bottle. He had it in his pocket, and he lost it, he said. Yeah. He held the mustard bottle. He might have been the culprit. Uh, <laughs> can't rule it out. So put a mustard bottle under Mike's tree. Hey, hour number two coming up. Coach Mack in about 25 minutes. Blaine and Mickey.